talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing to haunted houses, bro. Go. Bring the ghost. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria. With me to my left is Achi. Hello. With me to my right is my brother, Josh. Uh, yellow. And uh, creeping in the corner of the room is Sonia. Uh, she's going to be uh, well, uh, a little uh, more on her She notes. just flipped all of you guys off right now. So uh, <laughs> she's like, I waved, I waved. She waved, she waved, she waved. So she today, waved. you know, we're going to keep the spooky season going. We're going to be talking about haunted houses. The what? A spooky a season. A little no, spooky. No. You, you said it wrong. What? Oh, the, the spoopy season. There the spoopy why spoopy? Yeah, I don't know. I gotta, it what? sounded better in my head, but it's like, wow, that sounds fucking whack. Yes, Actually, you're you know, spoopy. You know, so we're going to be talking, so talking about haunted talk. houses and places <laughs> of Southern California. We're sticking with Southern California because the yeah. northern part of California sucks ass. <laughs> California. Anything, ab- anything above San Jose can eat dick. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, Just, bro. Who like, hurt you? What girl Who broke your you? heart that lives up there, bro? It has to be so from MySpace. Well, bro. no, the reason I say San Jose is because that's like that's my section. It's, it's, it's Sunnydale or Sunnyvale, and yeah. I think I think that's the most northern part that we're talking about, right? Unless it, it passes Heldsburg, California, but it's in San Jose, right? By San Jose, yeah. Mine is a little bit above, so Heldsburg. All right, so anything above whatever Archie's gonna be talking about later could suck a dick. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. So they're eating or sucking dick? Whatever they, whatever they want. I don't care. <laughs> okay. And anything fucking east of the fucking 605, too. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Anything else? Hey. Moses? Would you like to uh, enter that category of eating dicks? <laughs> no? Oh, no? Sp- kind of. Oh, so, shit. Don't. I'm going to correct myself because remember how last time I was talking about Carmilla or a.k.a. Carnalgas? There you oh, go. I was like, oh, Carmilla? Right. No idea what right, Carmilla right. is. And, but and then Carmilla. I was talking about, all right, all right. I was talking about how, like, oh, it's a, I don't know why it's, people always assume it's a lesbian vampire, but there's no yeah. lesbian. I was rereading the story again. That, that, it's, it's, it's pretty lesbian. It's, it's pretty lesbian. It's pretty lesbian. I completely, I completely forgot right. about some parts. All right. You know, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so my bad on that one. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a really gay book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Go ahead cool. And read it. That's a good description. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and read hey, it. So how's it's, it's uh, still coming in the book? Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty gay. gay. It's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. Pretty gay. It is. Nice. I completely forgot how gay it was. Hmm. But it's all the merrier. Not a bad thing. So we all remember Toys R Us's slogans, right? Uh, where a kid can be a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some Toys R Us? Yeah, bro. Where a kid can be a kid. Where a kid can be a kid. I thought it was kid. like a theme park or some shit. Or I don't want to grow up because I'm a Toys R Us kid. Remember that's that I was remember one of the that logos? fucking shit. No. I remember the first one though. Is that Chuck E. Cheese? Is that Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, what's well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, that is a Toys R Us slogan. That where a kid can be a kid. But it could be it could be a chicky cheese slogan because you know they're all one the same. Well, they're next to each other. The reason I'm bringing that up is because there was one Toys R Us store that almost became 
Ghost RS. Oh, before the you know before it actually became Ghost be, RS. Before the ten year <laughs> officially closed, and all Toys R Us actually became Ghost RS. You know, so this fucking place was haunted, and it was haunted as hell. And the staff found out how haunted it was when a doll they sold would talk. That shouldn't have. Oh. oh nice. So it all started when a customer returned this toy to the cashier, Margie Honey. And the customer was complaining that it was defective. So Honey tilted the doll this way and that way. But no sound would come. So she said, fuck it. We can't do anything. Customers return it. That's fine. So she placed the toy in a carton, intending to return it to the manufacturer. And no sooner had she closed the lid than that the doll began to cry. Mama, mama, mama. After this happened a few times, it stopped being funny, Honey recalls. That's not funny at all. For the first time. If someone... From the first, I would have kicked the fuck out of that box. I put a doll in a box. I close it and start saying, Mama, I'm kicking the f- I'm punting that shit north of San Jose, bro. <laughs> mm. The place to hey, well, eat. Fucking dick. There yeah, you go, there, you go. Go. there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. I was like, what? Who goes to eat all the way up there? Yeah, so honey, she was like, you know, after, you know, after a few times, it stopped being funny. It wasn't funny at all, bitch, but whatever. <laughs> a few times, a few times. She said, I began to feel that the doll had a will of its own. No shit. Bruh. I called the clerk and asked him to take the toy away. As the clerk walked, it cried all the way to the stock room. Fucking age. Just mama back to back. Oh, she's crying. The doll, so she, the doll was saying, Mama, she's like, okay, fuck this. She called someone, hey, take this to the back. So hey, someone, you do this shit. Someone grabbed it and it was grabbing, it was took the box, yeah. take it to the back. The fucking doll started crying. <laughs> and um, I forgot to mention, uh, the source for today's episode is called Haunted Houses of California by Antoinette May. And it's called The Ghostly Guide to the Haunted Houses and Wandering Spirits. And yes, in sir. this book, Acha, where did you get this book? I got this and I'm fucking wearing a sweater from that place now. The Winchester, the Winchester Mystery House. So you actually went to the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. Which is the house that my brother accused you of going to, saying that that's where you got a bunch of facts for the last round. Oh, oh, like the fun facts and stuff like facts. that. Oh, Just some yeah, like horror yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. in the book, Haunted Houses of California, there's actually a picture of fucking Honey holding the doll. No. The same fucking doll. Yeah, so it's... So, if you guys go to our Instagram, Weird History Eerie Tales Pod, you guys are going to see this picture of Honey holding this piece of shit doll. Bro, she's smiling, Why too. Why is she a piece of shit, bro? No, the doll's a piece of shit. Exactly. Why is the doll a piece of shit? Because it shouldn't be... Exi- anyway. Sh- shouldn't be doing what it's doing. <laughs> Just fuck that doll, right? <laughs> so, a few nights later, Honey was sitting alone in the employee lounge when suddenly a large bulletin board secured to the wall began to swing back and forth it just wasn't once or twice it kept swinging back and forth then a stack of papers top of the refrigerator fluttered to the floor one by one nice by one she said there was no fan or ventilation or ventilation system that could account for this Charlie Brown, another Toys R Us employee, had a brush with the supernatural one one evening while closing up. He had just locked the door when he heard a loud banging from the inside. Brown opened the building, unlocked the door, and entered. There was no one inside. He closed and locked the door, 
and the banging started again. This went on for a few minutes where he's like, what the fuck? You open the door. Nothing. Nothing. Close it. Locked it. Open. Close it. Locked it. Nothing. He's like, what the? So it happened a few, for a few minutes until he finally just said, man, fuck this, and walked away. Yeah. And as he walked away, the frantic pounding got louder and louder and louder. Holy shit. He's like, oh, fuck this. And he just went home. I'm out. So here's another one. Regina Gibson. This is all from the same Toys R Us, by the way. These, These are, are all, all different like employees. Encounters. Yeah, yeah. Right? So wow. Regina Gibson, who was, who was at the time a clerk, told of hearing her name being called again and again while she was alone in the customer service area and feeling something running its fingers through her long hair while she was perched on a high ladder stocking shelves. <laughs> So she, says she was in the customer area where the customers, you know, where peer customers go and yeah. get for help and support. Yeah. Something kept calling her name. She said, what the fuck? And then when she was high up on the shelves talking things, mm-hmm. she kept someone brushing up against her hair. Ludy Jackson, a former store manager, was confronted by a customer who complained. So the customer went up to her and said, there's something strange going on in the woman's restroom. Turn off the water faucet, but by the time I reached the door, it turned itself on again. Pull it back and turn it off, only to have it turn on again. So I turned it off, and this went on a few times before I just said, forget this, and now it's on again. So the lady was washing her hands. She would close it, close the faucet. She'd go to the door, and it'd be open again. And fuck, she went, closed it, and then, <laughs> like, the lady went like back like Who four. keeps <laughs> fucking with me? So one evening, just before closing time, Bill Peven, another former employee, carefully stacked a group of shoe skates on a shelf. He was the last one out of the building. The next morning, he returned to find them rearranged in an intricate pattern on the floor. This and other similar cases of merchandise or equipment being moved during the night is particularly curious, they say, because the store, warehouse, and toy shop, as we all remember Toys R Us looking like, mm-hmm. is really well organized. Everything is kept in an assigned place, and the nightly closing follows a regimented pattern. Once the customers leave, the entire floor is dry mopped so there could be nothing on the floor. Mm-hmm. And security checks to see that everything is accounted for and in place. So it goes out, 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 nothing on the floor, nothing on the yeah. wall, nothing on the floor, nothing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Cool. We're Gucci. Then all the employees leave. They all leave at once. If any attempt is made to open the door before 9.30 a.m., an elaborate alarm system is triggered, automatically notifying the police. Mm. So the fact that a lot of people would come in at night and find all these shoes on the floor, everything put on the floor, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. No one, there's no night shift. No one could come in before 9.30 a.m. or else the alarms will go off. So like, who the fuck is messing with all these, yeah. mes- messing with our fucking merchandise? Yeah, yeah. So many of the employees have come to believe that well-secured <laughs> shelves unaccountably falling, footsteps heard in empty lofts, and lights turning themselves on and off can mean only one thing. Ghosts. But of whom? Or what? So when Margie Honey and Regina Gibson decided to investigate, the search th- took them to the Sunnyvale Library. So among the archives was a cryptic, was a cryptic note which read, It is said that the ghost of Martin Murphy is seen at night on the full moon. That note has since mysteriously disappeared from the library, but the legend of Martin Murphy persists. Descended from the kings of Ireland, Murphy, the founding father of the cities of Sunnyvale, Mountain View, and Los Altos, he carved his own empire in the Santa Clara Valley, one of the very first settlers to reach California. Mm. 
His were the first wheel tracks from the mid-session of the Western States across the Sierra Mountains to touch California. So he was literally one of the first people ever to reach California. <clears throat> His trail, which was forged in 1844, would later be the route used by the first transcontinental railroad. Settling in what would eventually be Sunnyvale, Murphy purchased the 5,000-acre Pastoria de los Borregas, which is a Spanish land grant, which is a Spanish land grand rancho that stretched from what is now Lawrence Expressway to Mountain View. And within the first 10 years, Murphy's holdings had doubled, and his home was the Valley's showplace. Described as a white ship in a golden sea of grain, the Murphy Mansion had been shipped in pieces and then assembled like sections of a jigsaw puzzle. On July 18, 1881, Martin and Mary Murphy celebrated their golden wedding anniversary. Concerning that they would forget somebody, Murphy published an open invitation to the entire county in the San Jose Mercury. The Board of Supervisors adjourned to attend the affairs at the judge, jury, witnesses, counsel, the Superior Court trial. Everybody who was somebody, it doesn't matter who the fuck you were, you were invited. And it's estimated that 10,000 guests showed up. And they partied for three days and nights. Damn. So not surprisingly, the gala was described by a San Francisco paper as the most fabulous social event ever held in California. Some say the, Mercy, the Murphy saga didn't end with Murphy's death in 1884. Many past and present employees of Toys R Us believe that his is the restless spirit still bound to earthly pressure, pleasures. So they think it's Murphy's ghost that is still haunting Toys R Us. Because Toys R Us is literally built in his ranch where his mansion used to be. So they call their resident ghost Martin. And they consider him friendly. Mischievous. But friendly. friendly. You know, he just knocks people over. He just knocks papers over. You know, caresses your hair, whispers your name. doesn't do anything to harm you or anything to scare you. Shh, However, this could also like, be a description. <laughs> However, this could also be a description of the corporeal Murphy, a man well known for his conviviality and Irish sense of humor. Having been actively involved with the city from the beginning, it's easy to imagine a continuing interest in the present-day community. Murphy was a doting family man who named the streets for his numerous offspring. Taffy Avenue and Yuba Streets for his daughter Elizabeth Yuba Murphy Taffy, born on the banks of the Yuba River, the first child born to American settlers in California. Mary Avenue and Carroll Street for Marianne Murphy Carroll. Helen Argue Avenues for Helen Murphy. Argue and Mathilda, Maud, and Beverly Avenues for, the, for his granddaughters. So all the main streets in that fucking town are named after his daughters and granddaughters, everybody in his family. Oh shit. But interest in young people extended beyond his own family. Murphy helped found Santa Clara University and the College of Notre Dame at Belmont. In hopes of meeting Martin, a group of psychic researchers spent one very long night at Toys R Us. So, all right, we gotta figure out what the fuck is going on at Toys R Us. <clears throat> so they got a bunch of psychic researchers and a bunch of people that, all right, we're just gonna chill at Toys R Us at night. Yeah. So this night, merchandise was checked and straightened, floors mopped, employees checked out, and the doors locked. Mm. No one will be able to leave without triggering the alarm system. No one will be able to come in without triggering the alarm system. Mm. So during the night, a giant bop bag set well back on a shelf tumbled to the floor, seemingly 
of its own volition. So the bop bag, do you guys remember those? It was it was a punching bag that a little kid would use and hit and hit the ground and it would bounce back up. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So there was this bop bag <coughs> that was inflated but it had its own shelf. So they would put it on the back of the shelf. Uh-huh. Ah, okay, okay, okay. They put it on the shelf. They walked away when they came back. It was on the floor. And like, what the fuck? So they picked it up, they put it back on the shelf again. An hour later, they passed by it was on the floor down. again. Then several balls belonging on the shelves on aisle 107 appeared on the floor of aisle 206. Later that night, a weighted ball was found in the center of a corridor and was put back on its shelf and barricaded in place by a box. That we don't want this fucking ball moving anywhere. So they put it on the shelf yeah. and they put a box in the front and the box in the back. <clears throat> so it cannot so, so it can't fall. Within an hour. The ball was back on the floor again. The boxes pushed to the side. What the Damn. Fuck? Murphy was like, man, get the shit out the way, bro. Here, whoop. <laughs> Shot the ball. So the star of the research team was Sylvia Brown, who attempted to psychically tune into the store. To everyone's surprise, she began to describe not Martin Murphy, but a circuit preacher whom she saw brooding over an unrequited love. The preacher's name, she said, was John, or Jan Johnson. So she saw him clearly pumping water from a spring, which appeared to her as bubbling out of a corner of the store. Jan stayed with a family who resided on the property, she explained. He fell in love with one of the daughters, a pretty girl named Elizabeth. But she was unaware of his existence. Elizabeth married someone else. Jan John remained a bachelor. Brown also spoke of tremendous activity within the area in the years 1881 and 1923. So this Sylvia Brown, she's like, all right, let me get my psychic shit going on. She started seeing visions of this John or Jan walking as walking and pretend like she, she, trans, I guess she psychically transported herself into the realm where John was in. Right. So the stores, they were, they were in physically in a store, but John in the spirit world, the store was still farmland. So the shit he oh. was, so the shit he was moving was like, like shit from like that we were seeing the farm. Yeah. So it wasn't toys that he was seeing at all. Yeah, exactly. Damn. He's like, where the fuck are you putting my pumpkins next to the hay? He's like, why the fuck are my buckets of water next to my fucking toilet? Damn. Then, then, that bears the question: Who's more annoying, us or the ghosts? Them, because they already lived, die, and go die in peace. Stop moving shit. <laughs> I, well, imagine you were the ghost. You don't know you're dead. You wake up, you know, you go to your farm, and your shit's all. Who's the ghost? Oh, oh shit! Mind fucked. So it was a long night and at times a scary one as they sat in the darkness listening as Sylvia Brown described the lovelorn preacher whom she believes continues to roam the store, which he still sees as a farm and orchard. So maybe when he's moving the ball, he's probably picking apples or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Okay, how about the caressing of the hair? You think he was... It's a horse. A horse? Yeah. A horse ass? So come here, baby. Whoa, 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 whoa. dude, dude. Sonia's here. (laughs) Hey, that's the shit he talks about that we don't. We'll add that shit on there. That's going to be the intro of the episode. Wow. I'm playing the character. Sure, yeah, yeah. For foreplay, huh? Yeah, that's true. That's true. At night. Is that going to be fingers crossed? With all the yawning. 
So the, so the next day, the team began the difficult task of trying to validate Brown's psychic findings. Okay. Could Sylvia Brown's Elizabeth B. Martin Murphy's daughter, Elizabeth Yuba Murphy Taffy? 1881 was the year of the wedding anniversary party, but what of 1923? Newspaper accounts at the time failed to turn up anything of note, but then, for what were we searching? There was a preacher we discovered, one Johnson, known as Yanni, who boarded with his parishioners and undoubtedly spent time on the property not occupied by the toy store. Yanni did indeed die a bachelor. A spring now capped flout, a spring now capped flowed where the building stands. Quite likely, Yanni pumped water there. Possibly the most startling thing to come out of the toy shop, Seance was the weird light show of dancing blobs captured on film by Oakland photographer Bill Tidwell. So they're figuring out, all right, we thought it was Murphy, but after all, it was not Martin Murphy, but it was probably this preacher who used, who was probably working at the Murphy house. The Toys R Us is sitting where the house used to be. And her vision, her vision said that where the toy section is, where most of the activity is coming from, right. that's where the well used to be. So he would always go to the well to grab water, either to feed the horses, to shower, to drink, or do whatever. And they said... Yanni died a bachelor because he was in love with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth didn't know he existed. And Elizabeth was actually the name of one of Martin Murphy's daughters, who oh. who's, who had a street named after her. Right. But she probably saw the preacher as a preacher. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, right. I'm not interested in him. <coughs> yeah, He's a father, man of God. Yeah. But the preacher was in love with her. Oh. She married, fucked up. He's like, I will never love again. So that's why he's a bitch-ass ghost. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. He's a bitch-ass ghost. Never moved on. There you go. So was the phenomenon caused by Lens Flare, or was this one more supernatural joke? And I'm gonna post that picture. That's, so a, that's in the ghost? book. Oh the, no, the whole has flares. <laughs> On Instagram. So Mary Ringo, the store manager, is frequently asked by her staff, whoever he may be. Mary is quite certain that the ghost exists. So their staff is always asking, "Do we call him Martin?" Or Yanni. And she's like, just clock in. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Just take your lunch. Do your fucking job. Just take your open aisle four. Like open <laughs> register four. There's a line. Well, I don't give a fuck. He's dead. He's not of my. If you keep asking, you're going to join Yanni. All right. <laughs> open register four. Fucking ghost your ass too. So like I said, Mary's quite certain that the ghosts exist. Frequently during busy seasons, it is necessary for Ringo to stay late in the evening supervising a crew of some 9 to 12 staff members. And this Ringo is uh, another another manager. Man. And some of the staff members... The motherfucker is called Yanni for sure. <laughs> I'm Yanni. <laughs> so one of the... So, so frequently during busy seasons, it is necessary for Ringo to stay late in the evening supervising a crew of some 9 to 12 staff members. All of us have heard footsteps walking in an unoccupied floor above us. It is practically a nightly occurrence. The water faucets, well, that's really a problem in drought years. They turn on so often that we have to keep checking all the time. So, so the faucets are always turning on. Yeah. On and off, on and off, on and off. So the guys, they always have to go to the restroom like every 10, 15 minutes to make sure it's off. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, they got to turn off the faucets because Yanni does yeah. not leave them the fuck alone. So imagine like you're working at Toys R Us and like every 10 minutes like oh you have to go 
girls restroom, boys restroom, make sure the faucets are off. Don't know why, just fucking do it. And like, I, like, how, like, would you work at a hunting spot like that? That'd be annoying. I mean, that depends on how much it be. Not a lot. It's Toys R Us, bro. So whatever his its identity is, Mary and her employees have grown quite fond of their spirit connection. But their greatest fear is that the store's upcoming renovation may disturb him. And that renovation never came because Toys R Us went ghost. The hell? They joined Yanni? They joined Yanni. Ghost R Us, bro. Ghost. How us. happy was Yanni? All his shit He's stocking. Like, finally, He's like, finally, what the finally. fuck is going on, you know? So I'll be a happy Yanni. So for those of you who may know or be familiar with Sunnyvale, this Ghost R Us was located on the corner of El Camino Real or El Camino Rio and Saratoga, Sunnyvale Road. So if anybody so if any of you guys have the unfortunate luck of living around that area and you guys know what I'm talking about. Or and if you guys know what we're talking about when it comes to Toys R Us, you know, let us know if you went to that Toys R Us and you know. Tell us, did so you have those experiences? Yeah, did you go wash your hand and then... He had someone play with your hair? Yeah. What? Hello, baby, little He didn't talk, Yon. I mean, fuck, I'm Yon, you know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't talk, Archie. It's so like fucking Moses said... A big part of this episode came from inspiration of our trip over to San Jose and taking a tour to the Winchester House. And not too far from the Winchester House, in Hillsburg, California, lies the Madrona Manor. And this 8,400 square foot home was first purchased by a wealthy state legislator by the name of John Alexander Paxton. And John was a wealthy motherfucker who made a fortune in mining, banking, and lumber. And now he wanted to dabble into Sonoma's booming wine industry. For those who don't know, Sonoma County is in California, is one of the winning, if not the winning capital of the fucking world, winning capital of the fucking world. And I was actually over there over the summer for a work trip with Sonia. And we had some wine and yeah, it's pretty good, especially considering that I'm not really considering myself much of a wine drinker. Oh, that's what you mean by wine. I thought whining, like, wah, whining, wah. like, where fuck this place? <laughs> <laughs> wah. Why, yo, yo, fucking wah. That's where all the Warriors are from. Yeah, I was like, why is this place, wah. why are they whining? <laughs> but, like, you mean, like, wine counting? Like, yeah, like, like wine. Wine. wine counting. And that's what you legit thought. Yeah, well, I mean. Shit's weird. Yeah, it's like North Cal, fucking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, but anyways. Hey, 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 hey. That's how you. But anyways, John over here. He's a smart as an entrepreneur because years ahead of what is Sonoma County was going to be this fucking huge worldwide wine supply area. And so he purchased 40 acres of land on top of his home in 1880 to convince, convince his wine business. He and his wife, Anna Paxson, and their two sons, Blitz and Charles, lived a pretty frugal and happy life. And their wine business took off well until 1887 when john passed away suddenly from a heart attack while on a steamer returning from a business trip in liverpool his body was brought home and was placed in display in a glass coffin inside the home in 1902 his wife hannah then joined her husband and the business was left to the two boys blitz and charles 
Unlike their fa father, however, the boys weren't really diehard businessmen. For example, Charles randomly left his wife and his two kids for a mistress, and Blitz, Blitz was cheated on by his wife and thus taking his own life in the house. Thus, the house went up for sale since then, and no, there was no one left there to inherit it. The house was then sold in 1913 and was shuffled around from one older to the next for several years. Then on 8, 1982, a couple by the name of Carol and John Muir purchased a home in hopes of fulfilling their dream, dreams as innkeepers. Inspiration came about when they were on a trip to Saudi Arabia. And the, name, the idea came about when they were seeing wonderful decor shops over in that area. Then on a whim, they purchased 10 tables, 40 chairs, 10 mirror frames, and trim for 40 doors and their exquisite Ford front door that now sits there from a local Rosewood factory in Nepal. It wasn't long, however, that the couple then sensed that their home had this very eerie presence to it. Carpenters from the company of Red Bluff worked day and night from Sunday to Friday. Carol said that the workers never saw anything but always complained about an unsettling feeling working in the house and noticed things being moved from one to another in unsuspecting locations of the home, but they didn't really think much of it, to be honest. Then, a Los Angeles time writer by the name of Carolyn Garbo published an article in 1985 about their visit in Madrona Matter. As she fell asleep in room 101, she was almost just as quickly awakened by a woman, possibly in her mid-30s, wearing a long black dress and narrow black ribbon around her Peter Pan collar. I closed my eyes, she said, hoping that this was simply just a dream, and was shocked. And to my shocking fear, she was there, walking towards the blue velvet chair that was located by the window. What do you want? I asked. But she gave me no response. She sat there for a bit, a bit longer, until the image of the woman just dissolved to nothing. This was the topic of the next morning's breakfast, and one of the guests even exclaimed, "Hmm." That's strange considering you weren't in the haunted room, which is room 201. And on June 19, 1986, Bill and Sadie Par uh, Partridge from Buena Park, California were finishing their dinner when Sandy was startled by one of the French stores opening and a small gray-haired lady appeared dressed in clothing from the last century. No one else appeared to have noticed her except for Sandy. I would've been talking so much shit. What the fuck? <laughs> Who is this bitch? The lady approached Sandy and said, I'm glad you can see me. I feel so bad sometimes knowing that no one can see me, but you can. This was my house, my house once, and I like what they've done to it. I like to tell someone that, and now you can. Sandy couldn't believe what just happened. Her husband was right there, and she couldn't bring herself to let him know what she had just seen. But this ghost lady was... Was giving us a thumbs up on the new day. She was like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, fucking shh, thumbs up. Back in my day, I used to I used to go to a well and drink water. Now you guys have water pumping up your ass. I love the future. <laughs> and it wasn't until she went back home that she felt compelled to write to Miss Carol Muir about her experience. Now, as for Miss Muir, what she does say about the whole thing, well, she doesn't mind the ghost. Not much happens to her, but she has admitted that things have been moving around in the home. 
She remembers hearing shriek from one of her guests during breakfast one time as he saw their cup, their coffee cup topple back and forth around the coaster completely on its own. Another couple from Santa Barbara, Adine Mars, and his sculptor wife, Melinda Mars, gave them crystals with explicit instructions to be placed on each corner of the property to protect her. Ms. Mara didn't give much thought to it and did it because she said, well, there's no really much harm to actually doing it. She said, I don't pay much attention to it. But most importantly, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. The Madrona Manor is still open till this day and you can still make your res reservations to stay in the manor, enjoy their five-star in-house restaurant, and slash or take a stroll down the vineyard and enjoy some wine. Now, I didn't see any mention about any of the hauntings, so I guess we're going to see for ourselves. Can you stay in that room, the haunted room 201? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All the rooms are still open. It goes it goes from 199 to 202. You're like, hmm. Uh, what happened to 201? Hmm. Uh, I'm sure that what? room's like booked like all year round, right? Probably. You, you think so? Probably. Right. How far? How far is this place? This is like a few maybe, hours. Yeah, I mean, not a few hours from us, but like maybe from San, San Jose, like an hour or less. Why you want to book it and then record an episode there? Nah. Room two hundred one, brother. More two hundred one. Two hundred one. A more haunted place. Wait, what episode are we on? Do you know the number? Something. Okay. You want to record episode 201? A 201 and room 201. That'll be sick. Noted. That'll be sick. Only only if we get to um, uh, interview that old ghost lady and ask her what her bidet experience is. I don't think she ever experienced that, bro. She, she, she dead. To. She dead. I know, but she sees it. She dead. Like, like what do you think it feels like, you dead bitch? <laughs> like that? You, you dead bitch? You ghostly you wench. Though, right? you ghostly wench. You decrepit asshole. Mm. You... Fucking corporeal slut. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to spell corporeal. Corp, C O R P O R E A L. <laughs> You're so off. Subcorporeal. Like Something like that. <sighs> now we're getting away from San Jose for a little bit. Oh, we're we're going down south to LA, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what's up, oh, fool? Great. Now we're stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Traffic said You went from a place where all we eat is dicks <laughs> to, to to now we're no all, dicks. We're all dicks but traffic. You eat dick one you traffic. Yeah. So everyone dicks. eat dicks. Yeah, but you eat dick, you eat dick, we yeah. all eat dick. Yeah, but this is better dick though. Uh, oh yeah. good dick. We eat good dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah yeah. nice, we nice, nice. nice. Fuck. Like they eat crackhead dick, we eat CEO dick. You know what I mean? Different there are different tiers of dick. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. Let's add this to the fucking encyclopedia of, of Moses' way of using dick yeah. in language. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's bro, like, bro, dick it's is equivalent to, you know, like... The word of pedo, yeah. you know? Like in Spanish, que pedo. Yeah. Que pedo. Like, you know? Oh, yeah, it's pedo. I use yeah. Yeah. dick the way people use fuck. It could be either a fuck ton, fuck you, or just the fuck is that? Exclamation mark, fuck! So it's a tool of measurement as well. It, it is It's a tool a, for everything Yeah it's, it's, a vocab it's a tool for my vocabulary Yeah Cause, cause this motherfucker says It's a fucking dick load Yeah, yeah. It's it's how It's how I it's Context spice, It's how I spice my vocabulary <laughs> By adding dick to it By adding dick and fucks <laughs> Either I could say You know You know San, San Jose sucks ass Or I could just say San Jose eats eat dick Yeah okay. What's worse 
things which you're not into. <laughs> I think I, I, out of the, I out of the two, San Jose is the worst part. <laughs> not, but not, out of the two, not even the ass or the dick. It's oh, San Jose. It's San Jose. <laughs> Bro, we got fans in San Jose, bro. The majority of our fans are Or we're in Silicon Valley. I'm going to end this podcast. I don't want to give any of those people <laughs> any joy. Damn. Damn. Like that? Why Damn. do you hate San Jose so much, bro? Give you just me one good reason. I've never been to San Jose. <laughs> That's it. I'm good. I'm good. It's pure hatred, yeah. and I love it. I love it. That's go. the reason. There you go. That's it. It goes back to the hate, 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 hate. It's all this tour. Episode. It's all this tour. <laughs> I have no idea why we had content. Yeah, yeah, like I remember there was this one girl oh, that I was talking. There it is. No, 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 there no, it is. No, no. I, that, that's the reason. That's the reason. No, no, no. This is. Yeah. She Ooh, lived. She lived, one, she lives in Diamond. She lives in Diamond Bar. But she was like, oh, what? But her profile and everything said LA, and I was like, oh, you know, we were talking, whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She hang out. I'm like, cool. Right. And then she's like, oh, you should come over. Cool. It's my she, address. She the address <laughs> for Diamond Bar, bro. I was like, oh, I think you lived in LA. She's like, yeah, yeah. It's LA, bro. It's Diamond Bar. Got COVID. I can't call tonight. <laughs> you give the fucking I COVID. Going card. to Diamond Bars like Damn. fucking an hour from here. Damn, not LA. Man, why are you lying? I know you went to Diamond Bar. Damn, the closest I go to Diamond Bar is Frankenstein. So over here in LA, specifically Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. So this, the ghost definitely didn't want to be here though. I didn't want the people that were leaving this house to be here. Ah. So we got German model slash actress Elk Summer and her husband, who was an award-winning author of Hollywood biographies, Joe Hines, who owned a home in Benedict Canyon on North Beverly Hills, California. And on, Ju- on July 6th of 1964, Elk Summer invited her, her, her friend, German gen- uh, journalist Edith Dahlfield, to have a tea by the pool. A fucking tea. A fucking tea. What type of tea, bro? It was fucking just a little fucking pinky out. I, I don't fucking know. Is that fucking tea? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you think people drink tea, aren't you? I mean, I drink tea every fucking morning. Out. And do you drink with your pinky out? Nah, I drink that shit just fucking. <sighs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You throat the tea, whoa, you bro? You throat the whole. Yeah, because fucking tea helps you help soothe your throat, bro. Especially if you add honey. Yeah, but don't do it that aggressively, bro. You want. <sighs> I make sure that my fucking my raspy ass fucking smokers voice goes away so I can have this fucking teaching mm-hmm. and so at a short glance friend Edith saw a man walking towards the opposite side of the pool Mrs. Dalfield's attention was diverted by the general conversation she turned away from the solitary figure Glancing back a few seconds later, she was surprised to see that he was gone. She asked, what happened to the man? Elk shook her head in bewilderment and said, what fucking man, dude? She saw nothing and there were no other guests. And from then on, screen star Elk Summer and her writer husband, Joe Hines, began to hear sounds of chairs being pushed back to the dining room as though guests were rising from some ghostly dinner party. And after a few nights of this, Himes cut away all the branches would have been rubbing against the dining room window, and the sound still did not stop. In August, Elk went to Yugoslavia to make a movie, leaving her husband alone in the house, or so he thought. 
The noise in the dining room continued, and on three occasions, a locked window seemed seemingly unlocked itself in the night and was wide open in the morning. Mm. And twice, Himes heard the front door open and shut even though it was found to be bolted in the morning. Before joining his wife in Yugoslavia, Himes arranged to have a detective check the house periodically in their absence. He was like, fuck this, I keep on hearing shit, someone's gotta be. Like, y'all checked my fucking house out, I'm out. The man reported finding doors and windows wide open, although nothing was missing. And once, while driving by the house, at 2.30 in the morning, he discovered all the lights were on. Just as he pulled in the drive, in the driveway, they went off. The electrician checked the fuse box and the lines and could find nothing wrong. And when the couple returned, it was the same restless dining room chairs that kept on moving. Now Elk's dogs began to react as though to a presence that no one saw. They would suddenly start to bark while staring towards the entrance of the dining room, Heinz recalls. The puppy often ran to a certain spot in the dining room and then trotted out exactly as if following at someone's heels. In August of 1965, the couple closed the house again and went to a month's vacation. During the time, Marvin Chandler, the pool maintenance man, was surprised to catch a glimpse through the Terrence windows of a man walking through the dining room. Shannon noted the man's hands were clasped behind his back. He was tall, heavyset, elderly man wearing dark trousers, a tie, and a white shirt. Having previously been told that the owners were away and the house empty, the maintenance man went inside to investigate. He just seemed to evaporate before my eyes, Shannon recalls. The apparition next appeared to John Sherlock, a writer who was staying alone in the house during the couple's absence. He reported seeing a man about 50 dressed in dark slacks and a white shirt with a necktie but no jacket, standing in the family room which joins the dining room. I have never had such a feeling of menace. Sherlock said later, I couldn't get out fast enough and although it was well past midnight, Sherlock dressed quickly and departed, spending the rest of the night in the hotel. The last witness was real estate broker who was spending the night in the guest room. Once again, the family was away and the witness was alone in the house. The apparition later described by the realtor was a middle-aged man who seemed to be searching for something. The ghost was seen in both the living room and the guest room, and on occasion he reported wearing dark slacks and a t-shirt. Convinced that something thoroughly unpleasant was going on, the couple called the American Society of Psychical Research and Dr. Thelma Moss then a member of Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA organized a special group of investigators, mediums, and researchers from the ASPR to survey the house under controlled conditions. Dr. Moss began by interviewing the witness. On the basis of their data, four measuring devices were devised. These included checklists of physical activities, descriptive adjectives, and qualities related to the ghosts, and a location chart of the house rounds and from there there was just checking back and forth they brought these people from over here these freaking research from over we here mediums, who the fuck this guy is. like they were legit like it was fucking ghost hunters before ghost hunters was happening <clears throat> and they even brought in just like people who were considered non-believers i guess of the, of the supernatural into it because they're like we want to make sure what the fuck is going on 
And so everyone was brought in. They they just literally just had a checklist of like what was happening, how to describe what was happening, the locations of where all this shit was happening. And they just kind of went down this list. The people who are non-believers were all fucking over the place. They had all different varieties of adjectives, shit that was happening on all random ass locations. And there was no congruent evidence of something going on from their eyes. From the mediums, whom of which none of them knew each other, whom of which were all presented at different locations and didn't let them know shit other than like just walk into this house and see what's fucking going on. Go inside and uh, go. Basically. And unanimously, everyone in the in those in those shits of mediums, like the freaking lit, the, the group of mediums. Yeah, Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. The fucking Ghostbusters. And all, by the way, that's how they sound. All of them reported very similar shit back to back to back. Oh, every account of them? Yep. Damn. The next day, another sidekick by the name of Brenda Crenshaw entered the dining room and said, I see a man above average height, about 58, a doctor who died of a chest or heart condition outside the country. Joe Himes, who, rem- who reminded of a doctor with whom he'd been writing a book who had died suddenly while the book was still in progress. Himes then questioned the previous owners of the house. I never saw anything unusual, the woman said, the previous owner. Thinking back over her uh, 18-month tenancy, but I've heard strange sounds frequently. She told of an evening where her husband was out of town. She was awakened from a sound sleep by the sound of footsteps in the dining room. She then telephoned a friend and asked if she might go to stay with her. Locking herself upstairs in the upstairs bedroom, she called a taxi. A short while later, the cab arrived and stopped in the driveway by the front door. I waited for the driver to ring the bell, but he didn't. And finally, I shouted for him from the bedroom window. When he answered, I ran down the stairs and into the cab. When I asked why hadn't he rung the bell, he replied that he'd seen a man standing by the door and assumed that he was the fair. The man vanished when I called out. He was saying like, hey, do you call Uber, bro? And he's just like, poof, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name? (laughs) Ezekiel. No, he just replied. He just went fucking Shazam. He legit went ghost. He legit went ghost. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, the the cab driver. Imagine the cab driver. He's just chilling by the door. He's like, is this is this shit gonna come in or not? Yeah, because he just saw him. He's just like, nice trick, asshole. How about you poof in here? All right, let's go. <laughs> I got different clients. All right. And the following year, Elk Summer and Joe Himes attempted to rent their home for the summer while they traveled in Europe. Mrs. Red Buttons, when brought to the house by a realtor, refused to enter. I guess this is one of the mediums. Hmm. It has an evil aura, she said, adding that she had never felt that way from the house before. Finally, Mr. and Mrs. Harry Cantor rented the house. To celebrate the uneventfulness of their three-month sojourn, the Cantors gave a goodbye ghost party. She-clad guests had a pleasant, if uneventful, time until 11.30 when every light in the place went out. Suddenly, a a terrific crash was heard in the dining room. A iron uh, candelabra has crashed to the floor. 
it should have noted that there was no master switch to enable a practical joker to turn all the lights off simultaneously. And so then Elk Summer and Joe Himes moved back, but the nocturnal activity within the house proved too much for them. They decided to move and began looking at houses. At last, a selection was made. And on March 12, 1967, the couple sat up late watching television and old movie, The Haunting. I wonder what the ghost thinks about our movie. Himes mused aloud. If he has an opinion... The ghost's like, finally! <laughs> if he has an opinion, he better express it pretty soon. A few hours later... El- Suitcases started flying down the stairs. <laughs> he was like, ask and you shall receive, motherfucker. And a few hours later, Elk was awakened by the sound of pounding in their bedroom door. As Himes opened the door... He heard muffled laughter. The hallway was filled with black smoke. And the couple escaped by leaping from their second-story bedroom window. Himes thought, ruth- ruthfully, of a prediction made by Jacqueline Eastlund a few months before. I see you. I see your dining room in flames next year. Be careful. At the time, he'd consider raising his insurance premium and regretted not doing so later. Lotte von Straw returned to the premise of Haim's invitation. The spirits have all been driven out by the fire, she assured him. The house could be rebuilt. It would be safe now. Elk and Joe considered, and the ghostly knocking had saved them from being burned alive. Perhaps it was a warning that said it out. That's exactly what they did. Or, or maybe that was a response he liked the movie, he was like, you know what? I like the movie. I'm going to save your ass because I want to see more of it. Boom, boom, boom. Shit's on fire. Jump out the window, bitch. No, you You're know what? Either that, either that or he was like, you know, I don't, I don't like these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers die with the fire. They might end up staying here with me forever as a ghost. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't need that right now. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, 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 so the ghost had no idea that the fire would cleanse the whole house. He had no idea about that. He, he was, no. Only, because the fire is supposed to cleanse the house, correct? No, what you're saying, the, the fire, where well, the fire burned the whole house, so there's nothing for the ghost to stay in. They're like, oh, all right, the ghost have to fuck off. Yeah. But what if the ghost who's living there is like, if they die, what if their ghost stay here with me and they, then they'll never leave? Mm. It's like, fuck that, but these motherfuckers out, out. All right. All right, I guess I'll do y'all solid. I'm going to help you help me, and I'm going to wake you up and from, you know, from dying and... So that black smoke was actually a fire. Yeah, it was a fire. Okay. Did they say where they ended up moving to? The Winchester House. The Winchester House. Fuck. The next spooky fucking house. Yeah. This house doesn't sound haunted. Really? Uh, yeah, it's some people named Winchester on it. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the the elk is still alive. I think the dude passed away already. Like 2009. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the central coast of California. Uh, let's go to Monterey County. Yeah, yeah. I've never been before. I just, it's a cool name, Monterey. So you like stories? You like drama? This story. I know you like drama. I, I love drama. I fucking love drama. drama. But this is pretty sad, but it's very, well, it's not sad. It's full of drama. 
and there's some uh, uh, paranormal stuff going on at the Monterey landmark known as the Stokes Adobe. So it was built in 1833. The original structure was built for an individual known as Ambrose Tom Linson. However, just ye- just four years later, in uh, later in 1837, Ambrose had a change of fortune and had to sell his forever home. Right. 1833, boom. Now the next owner was James Stokes himself. Now James Stokes w- is said to be known as a British Navy deserter who jumped ship in 1833, carrying a case of medications. So what do you do? He opened up a shop. And said that he was a quote unquote doctor. Doctor. I mean, this is 1800s, and everyone's a doctor. Uh, the, yeah, Barbara was a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but his idea was like, hey, I'm in the Navy. We just arrived in California. I'm dipping. If I get this case of medication and say I'm a doctor, they're going to think I'm a doctor. And surely enough, he made the fraudulent claim that he was a doctor, Dr. Stokes, and opened up a shop as a counterfeit physician. And began treating people, not knowing anything about medicine. So he was. So he was. So he was a real doctor. Getting back to like, oh, what? Are, your head hurts. Here's some coke. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just snort this shit real quick. Tell me how you feel after. We say you had what? You had a seizure? Yeah. Here, smoke these two cigars back to back, and then gargle this frog piss. Excuse me, what? Sounds like Josh did a gargoyle some frog. I ain't, gro- I, I, ain't, I ain't doing any of that. Yeah, remember there was that one up? Shut up. Where we <laughs> talked about how a doctor said, oh, yeah, just if you find a whale, just oh, just, yeah, yeah. just go chill inside the carcass of the whale. Oh, yeah. And it'll fix oh, any go ailment. Away. Go away. What was that episode? The meat? Uh, quackery. Was it quackery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quackery medicine or some shit like that. So, going back to uh, Dr. Stokes, Dr. Uh, as a result, many of his patients died. I Whoa, shit, died. I wonder why. He had so many terminal ill He's patients. He's like, maybe I'm not a doctor. He's like, hey, I just said I was a doctor, not a good one. <laughs> now, a few must have survived his treatments because no one seemed to care about all the dead patients that was caused by him. And he became rich enough to buy the impressive adobe from Tomlinson. So, originally the owner of the house. Mm-hmm. This is where the drama happens, right? If you want to consider this drama, right? Now, one of these deadly failures was reported to be Ambrose Tomlinson himself. Oh, shit. Who passed away under the care of Dr. Stokes. Tomlinson left a wealthy and well landed widow. Known as Josefa or Josefina, who married the good Doctor Stokes, Doctor Stokes, after I guess a decent period of time, of the death of. Do you think it was done on purpose? Who knows? He's like, hey, look, I like you. You like me, but you're married. You know, I'll take out your husband. I'll take him out real quick. Just ask. He's like, all I got to do is just close my eyes and stick my hand inside my fucking bag of medicine, and I'll. Surely I'm pull something. I'm gonna <laughs> just wiggle my hand around. Whatever happens, happens. So he married the widow, Josephina, and she already had family, and he wanted kids of his own. So they had a family, and uh, they want to expand the one big fancy uh, adobe 
So um, he created another floor with seven other rooms. Damn. How many kids do they fucking have? Allegedly, I think he had 14 overall. Holy <laughs> shit. I bet you he kept the, all the aggers. He kept to himself. like, oh, these are for me. <laughs> It's like, it's like, so, I, think, I think this one, these these work well. These, these. I don't know what this is for. I've been in my dick hard, and I like it. <laughs> it's like, I almost died from a heart attack, but whoa! Sure, my arms are numb, but my dick is throbbing. <laughs> and that's the end goal. That's the end goal there. Yeah, yeah. just throbbing. Painfully. Can't do nothing with your noon, arms. I went from noon to midnight like this. <laughs> Years later, James Stokes sold his now forever home to a baker who is given credit for being the first owner to change this private home into both a residence, residence and a commercial business. Presumably, he lived upstairs and turned the downstairs into his bake shop, an idea that had become increasingly popular. And this is the origin of the different... Um, the Stokes Adobe, how it became into a business later. Because at first it was just a house. Mm-hmm. But then thanks to the baker, after each owner after that, they started making this house as half a residence and a commercial business. Oh. And to this day, well, long story short, it opened up as a restaurant. And shit happened. Seller after seller got sold. It was off the market in 2013, I think. I think it was on the market in 2013. I, on 2020, it was off the market, and now it's on the market again. I oh, think shit. someone bought it, uh-huh. and he's the owner of the winery. So I don't know if... But, oh, I'll open a sixth podcast today. <laughs> okay. How much you got, bro? You got five on it. As much as you need, about seven moons. It's amazing. You record from, from, from a different room. All right, Mike, check. What? <laughs> What's your name? What? <laughs> so, um, going on to the Ghost R Us, right? Uh, not Murphy, but the the priest. No, fucks. fucks Yanni. Dude. Yanni, right? He died. At that house, right? He died at that state. He died at that property. Okay, so he died at the property, right? Um, so there's a bunch of. So now we're going to the, the the manifestation of the paranormal. Right? Okay, okay. So this theory is saying people who loved certain areas, right? Their forever home, right? They're so attached to it. Mm. When they die, they want to stay there forever. So those right? people That's that you mentioned theory. before that were like, "This is supposed to be my house for life." Yeah, I pass away. But they didn't pass away there. Remember, they they left this forever home, but they sold it and they fucked off. Oh, that's yeah. True, that's true, but true. just going back to what his story, right, 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 where it's like he died there. Yeah, he had a big memory yeah. there, so he stayed there. Right, right. So that's one theory of how someone could be a, a restless spirit. Mm. Other people, whether they're convicted wrongfully and executed for it, that's another way. That's another theory where you become a restless spirit. Mm. I didn't do it. Who gives a shit? You get executed for it. You Fuck. become that rest of spirit. Mm. Or suicide. Mm. Where if you commit suicide, you also become a restless spirit. And usually people 
who suffer a very painful loss sometimes can't go on with this person, right? And they sink into a very deep, dark depression and to some degree of insanity and they take their lives away. And that's, and this is what it goes into the paranormal in Stokes Adobe. And I began with the death of Josefina, which was the widow, the, the widow of James, yeah, which was James Stokes. Dr. Wife. Stokes. Dr. Stokes. And she died at the age of 39. Um, and she died in 1855. It's like here, also, At the house. Take this drug. <laughs> oh, well. She probably killed herself. 14 out. kids. She's like, I've been pregnant for the last 20 years. Fuck you. Give me. <laughs> she stuck her hand in his back. She's like, fuck, I'm, not, I'm done. Let me see what I'm done. Let me get some of that Viagra you got. She, no, she, she saw He's down like half a drop of Viagra. She's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> She's like, I want to just she num- swallow bleach. She's like, I want to numb the fuck out. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I was just waiting. I was just waiting for you guys, you know, to got jokes. That's fucked up. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so on the evening of September 27, 1864, so about nine years later, James, Dr. Stokes, James Stokes, alarmed the family with his erratic behavior. He was drunk. And what people said at the party, he was partly insane. The Monterey Gazette reported when his sons, Manuel, Manuel, and Domingo stepped in to prevent him from leaving home. The Gazette would later report that two days, um, that later report that for two days, he'd been in such a state of mental stability from excessive indulgence in liquor. Now his family was scared. He was scared for him. They feared that he would take his own life or take someone else's life. And they had a reason to fear. It was one day where his sons were in the house. He was in that state of manic, crazy. Uh, His two sons turn around for some odd reason, turn around to grab something, whatever. And that's where Dr. Stokes down the lethal dose of strychnine. Strychnine. And he died within minutes. Fuck is that? It's like a, it's like a bitter alkaloid, uh-huh. um, poisonous. Uh, it could be used for, um, uh, like rat poison and stuff. Oh. But it could also be used for medicine as well, depending on the dosage of it. It's kind of like the word "fuck" and like the word "dick." It depends on how you use it. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great, or it's <laughs> fuck. Yeah. fuck. Hey, but like, I, like I can just picture him like, like there's a bottle of strychnine. And he's staring at it. His kids are staring at it. He's staring at it. They're all staring at it. And then, and then the phone rings. They kind of turn around. He's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 And they both went, fuck. Yeah, I look. thought you were going to. No, you were supposed to look. Fuck. Give him out to mouth. It's a fucking standoff. He's like, no, if I do, then I'm going to fucking die. It's like, well, no one likes you, Jimmy. You're, you're the oldest. You've lived longer. You've lived long enough. <laughs> dad just foaming in there dying. <laughs> fuck. That still hard gets to take <laughs> She's still throbbing. This fucking cock has a pulse. So <laughs> hard he's throbbing. It's like, that's uh, really, that's really enjoying the CPR. Huh? <laughs> this fucking imagery of this shit. Why are you imagining it, bro? Because you're freaking explaining it. So much comedy, right? So much wow. homoeroticism. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and, and check this out. There's no vampires involved here either. I was, hey, I was, hey, I was, I was gonna say it's like it's like enemy with the vampire. Yeah, but without the vampire. Yeah. So, 
could it be a combination of the theories I stated earlier that led to James' suicide? Perhaps James Stokes blamed himself for his wife's death. Seemingly, he was a fake doctor. Maybe mm -hmm. if he was, maybe he said to himself, maybe if I was a real doctor, I, I could have actually helped. Him. I would have believed it if the, if it would have happened like in the first couple of months. This is nine, this years, is nine later. years later. Yeah. No, he ain't giving a fuck. He probably, you know why he probably killed? He probably ran out of Viagra. He's like, I can't find anymore. There's no more throbs. <laughs> I need my throbs. My throbbing's. I'm about to throb out. That's probably here. Hey, probably he took. You know, it's the ultimate throb. The last throb. The last throb. He throbbed out. Damn, you're just shitting on all. Um, okay, well, I'm not going to say the other fucking theory. Say it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, you're going to shit on this one, too. Uh, <laughs> he may have had a deep remorse, right? And of realizing what he did to his patients. Right? So he killed. He was the cause of many, many deaths. And maybe after the death of a loved one, he felt extremely bad. And, you can't take it anymore. And he was like, all right, fuck it. He's like, I killed all these people. What do I have to show for it? This beautiful home. <laughs> this wonderful rooms. family. Seven rooms. A throbbing cock. <laughs> <laughs> a never-ending throbbing cock. Someone God end me. God and someone was himself. Yeah. What was that fucking uh, bringing the horizon thing? What doesn't kill you? Makes you want to die. No. What makes what you want to kill yourself? yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there it is. Yeah, makes you want to die. Yeah, it makes you want to die. And that's what happened to Dr. Stokes. People are like, what the fuck? Bring me the horizon. Why is this? Uh, you can check that uh, out so on our, our fucking Patreon. Nah, 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 shut up, shut up. <laughs> and, and, and this goes on to, you know what, the, <laughs> all the throbbing and all the, now, well, well, this will lead on to the manifestations of the paranormal activity, right? Mm -hmm. We assume with this is just one story. Right? Mm -hmm. This is what made the landmark what it, what it is now. Aside mm -hmm. from like it was a beautiful home too, right? The 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 architect of it was was amazing, right? It was made out of like fancy wood, and uh, the fact that it became one of the first like residents slash like commercial. It's like oh, it was brand new, it was beautiful. Um, but perhaps with the current vacancy, uh, there are rest of spirits from across centuries, right? From owner to owner, stories of stories, people dying in there, mm -hmm. right? So the accumulation of so much death, so much sadness, right? Uh, or even attachment, right? Let's see someone who fell in love with this house, right? Died and <laughs> wanted to stay there. GG. People are like, oh, I hear a heartbeat at night. And then people are like, that's not a heartbeat. <laughs> it's Dr. Stokes throbbing dead. The <laughs> <laughs> well, throbbing was come, it'll come from like a lower fucking. Yeah, uh, I hear throbbing, but like, you have to get low to the ground. <laughs> like, dick level. It was weird. How low? Like, cross low? Yeah. <laughs> Also, Strangely, yeah, it was crotch I also, level. I also hear a wailing woman. Is that like a? Does someone die here? Yes, but she's not wailing because she's like haunting the place. It's because her husband fucked her for fourteen years straight, and her, he annihilated her vagina. So she's crying because she's walking with an obliterated vagina. Sounds like an adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? You're afraid of the throbbing. 
Are you afraid of the throbs? Fear the throbs. <laughs> well, reports from various sources describe a range of all different type of manifestations or paranormal activities. Uh, footsteps will be heard walking to the upstairs floor when no one is there. Uh, child's cries, woman cries are, are also <laughs> heard in the same area upstairs. Um, employees at the restaurant describe turning off. Now, they describe after closing, they turn off all the lights, right? Just like in Ghost R Us, right? They turn off all the lights. Everything's put back where it's supposed to be closing time. And the second they leave and close the front gate, all the lights are back on once they reach their car, once they reach the parking lot. So the second they leave, they go to the parking lot, they look up back to the state, everything's back on. Fuck. I'd be like, I already clocked out. Fuck that. <laughs> like, I already clocked I, out. I nope. get paid extra. I turned off the lights. I did my job. Whether this fucking throbbing dick doctor turned it back on. That's Dr. a whole different Throb, story. That's his name, Dr. Throb. The Throb. The Throb Doc? So there's also reports of the employees seeing Dr. Stokes, which you think it's Dr. Stokes, um, wandering around the building with his white lab coat. So that's where, like, oh, could it be Dr. Stokes? It's still lingering in this area because of the lab, the white lab coat. Um, and some witnesses also report the sightings of Josefina as well, his wife that passed away up there as well mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is like Dr. Stokes spirit usually comes off as an aggressive like has an aggressive demeanor so like he'll go wall to wall right he'll wall to wall and whoever's in the way will get shoved out the way and it became a constant thing where the night shifts um, employees who was working at night it's a strict buddy system so you're not allowed to work by yourself because of these nice. accounts yeah, just in case of like, if, if you're if, if you're getting pushed like that, it's like you need someone there just in case. You know, if you die, they die too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine you see the doctor coming down the hall and you get in that football position, like, oh no, not today. Boom! Pushes you out of the way. Did he shoulder bump him? Nah, I think it's a one way street, man. I think it's a one way street. Good. Uh, I think it's a one way street. I think the ghosts have the power. You know, we don't. We don't. Fucking dick hits you. Bah. <laughs> That's a shove. Yeah, man, I got shoved. It was like like crotch level, you know? <laughs> he shoved me. Yeah, where did he hit his shoulders? Like, no, like my hip. My hip area, you know? It was, and it, <laughs> Sometimes and my ass. <laughs> and it, it, it was a deep push, too. But it was like... It, it was, you don't forget it. <laughs> you were going the fucking grip hey, of that shit. Hey, his hand gesture was like... Y'all getting too specific about this day, bro. Just going to say that. Huh? Actually, you're getting too invested in this, bro. <laughs> Yeah, Why are you sweating, bro? Oh, me. All we're talking about is throbbing dicks. You're not comfortable with, with, freaking, with the conversation with throbbing Moses, dicks? Moses' AC is off for once. That's why. That is true. Because well, it was cold as fuck earlier. When is it ever cold no, as fuck? No, I mean, outside it was oh, cold. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know cold was part of your, I didn't either, your vocabulary. Yeah, the you know? fucking. Getting old. <laughs> Bones are creaking. For real. Like, I don't know what was scarier. The episode or the fact that I enjoyed all this dick talk. Look at him. We smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> um, thank you guys. I hope you guys did not. I hope we didn't annoy you guys too much today. Uh, and if we did, well, we'll fuck you. Um, and if, if we did, 
turn this to a drinking game. Every time we say dick, take a shot. Oh, oh, hell no, that would be responsible. You know how many res- <laughs> fucking al- alcohol poisoning deaths would be responsible for? Don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, drink, drink, drink some water. Okay. Uh, Hydrate yourself. Don't drink drown. Some water, yeah. Eat some dicks. You know, throb away. Have some fun. Take a Viagra. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Take a Viagra for every time we say dick. Every time. Ooh. Every they're time. Gonna, they're gonna meet the same life as fucking Doctor Dick over here. Doctor Throb. Remember the throbbing ghosts and shit. Nice. All right, but uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope we didn't annoy you guys too much. Um, you know where is this the second week or third week of Halloween? I mean, of October third week, right? We are twenty first. All right, yes, yeah, so it's the third week. All right, yeah. so uh, yeah. on Halloween. Our next episode is going to be out on Halloween, and we're going to go back into our creepy pastas episode. Oh, <laughs> you know you love those. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, this episode, and I hope you guys are looking forward to that. And also, I was going to—I'm putting it—I'm putting that out there right now that oh, shit, uh, oh, before shit. the year ends, in the month of December, we're going to do one one more roundtable before the year ends. But I was going to give you guys a chance to guys be a part of this, and the way I'm doing Ooh. this oh, is e- yeah. email us or comment us or email. DM. DM DM us on, on Instagram if you have a question or a riddle you want us to ask during the roundtable send it to us with the answer and we'll play it I'll, I'll play it I'll ask these assholes and then I'll give you credit for it on the episode you know because I know a lot of people are like oh those are my f-, you know I love those episodes yeah, yeah. and I like, just the other day you know one of my friends she's you know she was just listening to our past episode and she was just she's like man I uh, this is what just dumb. She's like, it's fucking <laughs> it's the most, it's like, it's the most the idiotic no, but no, fucking yeah. episode I've ever heard. Don't do them again. I, was, no. I don't think that's a compliment, dude. I never said it was. True. <laughs> I never said it was. Hands but, while we're done. Yeah, but um, you know, if you guys want to be a part of it, send us a question that you would like for us to, for me to ask these guys. Oh, we're guys now. I thought oh, we were these, just forever these, assholes. These fucking scumbags, these dirt bags, throbbing uh, assholes. If you guys have yeah. a riddle, you guys want us to, you want me to ask them. Um, let uh, DM us and uh, you know I'll ask if it's you know if it make it's gonna make the cut just cause that's less work for me to fucking do <laughs> um, you know let me just DM us send us a message with the question riddle and I'll give you credit for it whether you want me to shout out your at your Instagram at or just your name I said ass I was thinking we're <laughs> shouting out asses now <laughs> whoa I mean, I did last episode with fucking Carnalgas. Oh. But, um, yeah, just, you know, we'll, we'll end the episode like that. And then, um, you know, we'll Are you going to state our email? Just in case? No, just DM us. Just DM us. What if some of the fans don't have Instagram? Instagram. Well, they like, fucking stop. Get what? Yeah, stop being Amish and fucking join us. <laughs> it's, it's 2022, not 2002. Okay. Okay, well. <laughs> or you can email us at um, the weird. The Weird History and Eerie Tales at gmail.com. I'm going to post our email on our episode show notes. Go to this episode show notes. Um, some people don't know what episode show notes are. Some people are like, what the fuck do you talk about? Where are they? Yeah, if you there's all, if you go on Spotify, on, 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 on iTunes, whatever, you click on the episode, and then you just scroll down a little bit, and it's a bunch of notes on the episode. And there you can find our Instagram links. You can find sources for all the things we use, links for the sources we use. And in there, I'm going to post the, um, the, the um, podcast um, email if you don't want to DM us a question or a riddle for us to ask. And, um, yeah, thank you guys so much. And um, thank you, Sonia, for um, not dying of boredom or something. 
don't know. She was just really quiet, and it's been like two hours. <laughs> so thank you guys, and as always, we are the Weird History. He retails pod. pod.